the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. The Philadelphia Eagles have not lost a game all season. Will that change tonight? I doubt it. Seven minutes left in the first quarter. Eagles lead the Commanders 7-0. Raptors in action tonight, early third quarter. They're up 65-51 on the Pistons. Hockey tonight, one game already over. Islanders knock off the Senators 4-2. Kings and Flames about to drop the puck in Calgary. Hurricanes take on the Blackhawks, and the Blues will meet the Colorado Avalanche. Oilers flew back from South Florida today. They will practice tomorrow at 11. They'll play the LA Kings on Wednesday. The faceoff show is at 6, and the game will start at 8 o'clock. And then uh, two more days off, at least away from games for the Oilers, and then they'll play Vegas on Saturday. Kind of a lighter week after a busy road trip last week for the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Grey Cup will be Sunday, and the teams will be Winnipeg and Toronto. And to discuss that, and who knows what else, Double E alum, one of my all-time favorites to have on the show, it is Jed Roberts checking in. First of all, Jed, happy belated birthday. Hey, thank you. Double nickels, man. I'm getting up there. <laughs> you, you're, you're 55 years of age. My goodness. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, you Good still look be, like yeah. you could play. Well, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I just got back from throwing the football around with my son at the uh, Commonwealth there, the field house. And, uh, man, I'm just standing around throwing the ball hurts. <laughs> what, uh, what now, some of that is uh, is perhaps age-related, uh, but do you have lingering pain from your career anywhere? Not really. Just arthritis on my left knee, you know, and just, you know, gravity overrides everything, right? So I'm certainly no exception. <laughs> I like, I like how you sum that up. Gravity. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's the old saying? Father time is undefeated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope you had a great birthday, and uh, thanks again for hopping on the show. I always love to uh, to chat with you. Now, so Grey Cup week, uh, and you went to the Grey Cup a couple of times. First of all, I'm curious. I mean, there's so much around getting there, getting there, getting there. Do teams have to guard against? And I hope you know what I'm getting at. And I know they're professional athletes, and I know they're they're finely tuned and they're very driven. But do you have to guard against feeling like you've already accomplished something by just getting there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a thing, you know. Um, and I, I'm not shy. I'll I'll uh, I'll go all in on this one. In '96, when we went to Hamilton, um, I actually participated in four great cups in my career i only played in two but i was uh there in 90 when we lost in Winnipeg in uh vancouver against winnipeg and we won in 93 in calgary and then we lost in 96 to toronto and then we lost my last year when i got hurt um against montreal and i can tell you a couple of different things about that um there's a couple of different schools of thought yeah you want to get there you want to set up your home base and then uh and different coaches have different philosophies about uh you know how they approach what they will and won't let players do i know um when we went 96 we had a few guys on our defense that went all out and we ended up losing about two or three of them to alcohol poisoning i won't name any names but uh and that's that's the thing man like guys get carried away and and you forget why you're there you know and people think oh yeah you know you this is i'm, I'm entitled to getting out and cutting loose and then they lose sight of the the, the prize i know in 02 when montreal came here don matthews didn't let any of those guys go anywhere they had to stay in the hotel the whole week and it worked for them, right? And then I know when uh, we, after the year after retired in 03, 
those guys on Edmonton, none of those guys went anywhere that week, and they won. So, you know, I, I tend to be a little bit more in that. You know, you got the rest of the year to party. You've got the rest of the year to celebrate, you know. And, you know, I never really actually participated fully in Grey Cup until after I retired, and I've been to about three or four of them. And I'll tell you what, man, people are crazy. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but uh, it's pretty easy to get sidetracked and get, you know, uh, lose focus. You know, you really have to kind of put, you know, circle the wagons and make sure you keep everybody in and focused and, and concentrating on what they're there to do, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it's the best party I've ever been to, hands down. So that was the 1996 Grey Cup, Edmonton. Uh, no, wait a minute, was that? that was in Hamilton, Edmonton, and Toronto. Yeah, so that was yeah, the flutie, have. the flutie fumble, the Eddie Brown catch. So got, you said some guys were pretty undisciplined that week, eh? Yeah, we lost three guys that that week, and because uh, we were partying um, the first couple of days, it's the first day or two, you know, guys go all out, and then, then people start to kind of tone it down as the week goes by, but. You know, if you go super, super hard the first day and you get alcohol poisoning, well, <laughs> can't just come right out of that, right? So uh, we had a couple of guys, you know, it was like, quote, unquote, flu, but it was alcohol poisoning. And, uh, you know, they really affected those guys and they weren't their best on game day. We could have used them, you know, in a game like that where everything's on the line and the ball's going back and forth, touchdowns, every other, you know, that was one of the greatest great cups ever we ever played in but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that contributed to us being on the losing end so yeah okay well that's uh that's interesting and kind of sad when i think about it yeah um yeah okay so if, if you were if you were the coach of a team that went to the great cup would you impose a curfew on your team or would you, would you say to a couple of veteran players look keep it under control what would you do i would have them stay in the hotel we came there to, to play a game. We didn't come there to party. You know, you guys can party all off season if you want to. You know, you do your job, then that celebration begins then. But yeah, no, I would I would keep them in. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, every other coach has a different way of approaching things. But you know, it's a business. You're getting paid to do uh, a job, and that job doesn't include uh, getting distracted during the week of Grey Cup. So yeah, okay, uh, which is interesting to me. So, but so, what do you ultimately do? Like, can, can you find players? Can you just hope that they have the personal drive and conscientiousness not to do anything because you know what? You don't I would want to bench a guy right no well i mean i would do what uh i would think there was a famous coach i think scotty bowman used to leave a hockey stick at the front desk at the hotel and have every player that comes through the door sign it you know and then uh <laughs> you know every who was in and who was out right so uh, I don't know. I, I would do bed checks. That's what they did. I know Montreal did that. No, too. They had the coaches come and just check the rooms. And you know, they didn't say those guys couldn't have a good time in their rooms. They just said you can't leave the hotel. You see the difference? So it's just easier to kind of monitor, where, you know, keep people out of trouble and not uh, getting into mischief because, you know, those guys uh, – <laughs> I'm not joking when I say it's a party. It's a heck of a party, you know. I've been to a few of them, and I just I shake my head just thinking about the the stuff I've seen. It's it's amazing. It's a wonderful party. Everybody's really happy. There's no aggression, but it's just uh, wow. Like, yeah, it's pretty easy to get lost, and uh, the next thing you know, the sun's coming up, and oh, I gotta get to practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess less temptation if you're in a hotel room. With, yeah, with, for with sure. A, yeah, as opposed to out with a bunch of buddies with uh, yeah. with no, no alarm clock or no clocks in sight or whatever you want to call it. Jed Roberts joining us tonight on Inside Source. Well, thanks for sharing that little inside information from 1996. Were, 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 you, uh, were you nervous going into Great Cup Week? Did you get weighed down by the you know, weight of it? Maybe it's your only chance at it, stuff like that? No, I had already won one by then, right? Like, so I just was thinking, you know, I 
I had a bit of a competition going with my father, right? Because my father won in 68 and 69. And I really wanted to win a second ring so that, uh, you know, he and I could be even. But I never did get that second ring, right? So um, I wasn't nervous about it. I just, I, I was excited. I was looking forward to it. It was, uh, you know, you want to play the best team. And, you know, Montreal, uh, sorry, Toronto was, you know, Doug Flutie. It was, a, it was one of the greatest games of all time. Like, I'm really proud of the fact that we, uh, we were in that game. And, you know, just the things that happened, like, you might not ever see that again. Like, I look at uh, Winnipeg and Toronto. You've got Speedy Banks on one side, and you've got uh, the really good returner that Winnipeg has, um, Grant. Yeah, that guy's. Yep. Uh, I mean, those guys, they're, they're a threat to take it to the house anytime. And I don't know, we might get a repeat of that, right? So, um, I don't know. I, I think that when you get this far, you, you you get there because you did some things right, and you just uh, you don't don't want to try to reinvent the wheel. You just keep doing what you did that got you there, and. Um, just go out there and play your game, right? You got to stay focused and, and not get distracted by all the stuff that's going on, right? You got to keep everything uh, the same. Do, do things the same way you did before you got there. Don't try to do it differently just because you got there. So. All right, so uh, you mentioned, and I ask you about approaches to games and play calling and strategy yeah. all the time because I find that part of it fascinating. Is Are, are there going to be, or to what extent, will coaches put in new wrinkles this week? Or is it just going to be like, look, these are the 20 best plays that we have that we can execute, and that's what we're going to call because we don't think they can stop us if we execute. What, which way would well, you Well, that's – I'm actually glad you asked me that because um, Michael Shea is an interesting guy, you know, and that team certainly has taken on a personality of, of, of Mike's, you know, work ethic, and, you know, he's no frills guy. He just kind of puts his head down and goes to work, and he just beats, he just outworks you, right? But he's also a bit of a trickster, right? And he's always good for one trick play a game, right, whether it's on special teams or – so I think you're going to see something from Winnipeg for sure. I'm not I'm not so sure about Toronto. I don't know as much about, like, you know, what Dinwiddie likes to do and what he doesn't like. I know Mike is a person, and I think that you, you're pretty much guaranteed to see some wrinkle in there somewhere where – you know, he he, he played for Mike, uh, sorry, Don Matthews, and, and Don would always have a trick play, guaranteed, every game. And so you always had to be on your toes, and that was his way of kind of keeping you off balance. And you just knew it was coming. You just know, didn't know when. And I, I, I would look for that. I would look for that from Winnipeg for sure. Uh, Winnipeg's a veteran team. You know, their offensive line is, is probably one of the greatest offensive lines we've ever seen in the CFL, especially with uh, Bryant anchoring the left side there. This guy probably going to get his fourth most outstanding lineman award, which has never happened before. I don't think anybody else ever got three in, um, until he came along. So, uh, great offensive line. They don't really have a lot of weaknesses. Their, uh, their defense is pretty much all, uh, you know, they, run, they roll with all imports. I think the only uh, non-import position is the nose guard there. Uh, they got Brandon Alexander, who covers a lot of ground out there as a safety. Uh, I think that, you know, they just need to figure out how to keep uh, Banks from stretching the field on them. You know, and Toronto's got uh, – this is a good game. This is the matchup I wanted to see. I think Toronto's quietly kind of gone gone about taking care of their business this year. Uh, I think their quarterback uh, throws a really nice ball. I was watching him warm up when they came here. Uh, I, I like their uh, their offensive line is pretty good. They're not as uh, decorated as Winnipeg's is, but uh, they have a, they have the ability to handle the front four for Winnipeg. And Winnipeg's front four, I mean, if you watch the BC game, they just made uh, Rourke's life miserable. Uh, and then they don't have to bring a ton of pressure, although uh, 
Richie Hall did a good job of mixing up his dis- and disguising his looks. He likes to throw a lot of zone at people, but he threw a lot of pressure there toward the end of the game to kind of keep Rourke off his, off his, uh, out of keep him out of his comfort zone there. Uh, he had to get rid of the ball when he didn't want to. So, I think we'll probably see some of that this week. It's going to be a really great game to watch in terms of like how they the, the opposing coaches attack each other. Uh, I think Corey Mace is a fine defensive coordinator for Toronto, and I think he'll have some. Some, uh, he'll have a plan for how to how to handle that receiving core that Winnipeg has. I mean, I just don't really have a lot of re- weaknesses. You know, they've got the they continue to use the non-import running back. You know, they've got uh, they just have a lot of success and they don't have a lot of holes. Right? You just got to play your game. You just got to not make any mistakes. Just don't capitalize on it. You know, you got to protect the ball. Um, you know, when you get your opportunities, you take them. If you can't have a lot of drop balls out there on Great Cup Sunday. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to probably be up in the high 30s for both teams and probably come down to the last play. I'm excited. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be fun. And and I, I'm with you on Toronto, and I've said that on this show a couple times in the last month, and people, I, I could hear people rolling their eyes out in Radioland, but I, I think Toronto's pretty dangerous. Uh, Calaro's... Uh, Dave, uh, Dave Naylor from TSN saying no concern about Kalaros being available for the game. Of course, he was kind of limping and missed that last possession uh, yesterday. So that's that's big, obviously, for uh, for Winnipeg to have him. Jed Roberts joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports, talking uh, Grey Cup week, Grey Cup memories, or, or, or wherever we go. That, I got to ask you about the, that nine, the '96 playoff run because that's the year you guys beat Winnipeg 68-7. <laughs> Like, what's it like winning a professional football? Like, that's not a high – like, that might be a high school score where it's a school of 2,000 students against a school with 50 kids. Like, that happened yeah. in a professional playoff game. Yeah, and that, and that well, there's history behind that, right? Like, because they used to beat us like we owed them money, right? Like, they threw a 713 yards against us one game. So there wasn't a lot of love between the franchises back then, you know, when Cal was their GM. You know, he always made – he took particular delight in, like, giving it to us really good when we played them. And So anytime we got an opportunity – I mean, there was a bit of an equipment advantage that day. You know, we knew what footwear to wear that night, that day, and they didn't. And uh, it affected the game for sure. I'll never forget Troy Westward crying at the end of the game. It wasn't too hard, too sad to see that. But uh, you know, we they they beat us really bad a few times. Like when I say bad, they beat us like 55 to you know 21 or whatever. And you know they would laugh at us or whatever. And you know they still say to this day that we need an asterisk next to our Grey Cup in '93 because Matt Dunnigan ruptured his Achilles. And some people might say that that's valid because the two times we played them that year, they beat us 50-something to, you know, 20-something. So uh, we, we really couldn't stop them back then. We were built to stop Calgary. We weren't built to stop Winnipeg. Winnipeg threw, uh, ran a completely different offensive system. Um, and Calgary ran, like, with wider splits between their offensive linemen, and they were trying to spread the field out, like widen everything. And Winnipeg was the opposite. They tightened everything up and ran zone blocking and turn back, throwback passing and stuff. So we were we couldn't run our match coverage against that. You know, they would just run double moves and kill us. And I think Calgary kind of wised up to that the next year and started using those double moves with the receivers. And then they started having uh, success against our defense. But that year in 93, man, we beat Calgary three times. They beat us once, and um, they only lost four games all year. So um, it's funny, the- you know, matchups, all about the matchups, right? So Yeah. Who wound up playing quarterback? 
was it Gar- Garza played quarterback that Garza, game? Garza, yeah, Garza was yeah. playing quarterback. Okay. You know, and, and and you know, and even the, even with him, like they they kept it close. Like if you watch that game, as closer than people remember. You know, they they were coming. They 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 came within. Uh, David Williams dropped a pass right at the end of the game. That if he catches that pass, it's an interesting game. You know, we it was wasn't as as. Uh, it wasn't uh, as lopsided as things this and people look at the score it was 33 23 um we were we weren't comfortable until like read the last five or six minutes that we, we weren't that confident we were going to win until that i mean even with him at, at backup they're a completely different team with matt dunnigan like i'll tell you i, I i'll give i'll tip tip my cat to uh that team with matt dunnigan i mean that was an incredible football team with him and the, the you know the big old line that they had and the receiving core with wilcox and uh, man, they just they they came at you in waves. You know, they were uh, they were really good. Special team, Blaze Bryant, they were good. The regular season results against Winnipeg in '93. Yeah, you guys lost 53-11 and 52-14, so 105-25 over two games. Jeez. I forgot it was that bad. I think I think I went to that 52-14 game, the last game you guys lost that season. Then you won eight yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Okay, uh, do you want to do you want to make a prediction for Sunday, or do you want to text me later in the week? Yeah, it's going to be thirty-eight, thirty-six. I think uh, Toronto is going to shock everybody. All right, Jed. As always, this was a lot of fun. I hope to see you soon. But thank you so much for hopping on. We'll do this again soon. And again, happy birthday, man! Thank you very much. Look forward to doing it again. That is Jed Roberts, double E alum. Great storyteller, great perspective as always. Uh, he takes you a lot of different places, and they're always good. And there we go. We have our first Great Cup prediction this week on Inside Sports, and Jed Roberts is taking the Argos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 38-36. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet. Yeah, always good from Jed Roberts, including a tale of some unnamed teammates missing the 1996 Grey Cup with alcohol poisoning because they were a little too enthusiastic during the week of quote-unquote preparation and weren't able to play in that snowy game against Toronto in Hamilton. Oh, love having Jed on the show. 7804960063 our off-topic topic tonight. We had some fun stuff earlier. If Edmonton were to host the Olympics, what would the mascot be and what would it be named? This is because the 2024 Olympic mascot for Paris was announced today. It's a couple of red hats. Uh, so, so that's how we got this idea. Kellen, what do we have coming in? Oh, we have a ton here. So continuing through the, the uh, pile of text that we have on it, uh, Reed, ours is going to have to be Ballsy, the large silver ball from the stack by the white mud. That's from Donovan. I was, I, I was, that's the first thing that came to my mind that somebody was going to say, <laughs> the, ta- the talus balls. So Ballsy, the talus ball. Is I love it. Mascot. <laughs> and, and our slogan would be like, no, not that type of ball. 
anyway. Well, maybe it could be the old uh, CFL uh, tagline from the late 90s. <laughs> we, our game has bigger balls? Yeah, our, our balls are bigger. I don't know. I our, our, all, our balls are bigger. Sorry, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Point taken. I have one more here. Uh, Brad texted and says, I think the mascot should be a photo radar camera. We could call it flashy or something like that. That's Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. He's got the name too. Flashy the photo radar camera. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's great because you can also use it to clock how fast people are going in the sprinting events or the cycling or things like that. Yeah. I don't know where we would hold the yachting events, though. Don't, do, they, do they still have yachting in the Olympics? They, uh, they do. I think it's named something different, though, but it's a, a type it's, of yachting. It's yachting in the Olympics. I'm currently Googling that. Oh, it's sailing. Yeah, it's sailing. sailing. Uh, is there room down the river? I don't know. We just have to go with the Chip Lake or something. All right. Well, those were fun. Keep those coming. The off-topic topic. If Edmonton were to host the Olympics... What would the mascot be and what would its name be? What would you do if your dad told you you'd never play higher than Division Three college hockey and now you're a step away from the NHL?